Welcome to episode 237 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. In this episode, I will be talking with Dr. Tamara Bainham, an electrical engineer and director of clinical research at EBT Medical Incorporated, based in Toronto, about Black women in STEM, and she's going to provide nine great tips on how women in STEM can navigate their career challenges with confidence. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the new host of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. I'm a mechanical engineer that provides engineering and software pros with professional coaching to develop soft skills like leadership and mindset to unlock hidden potential and remove self-imposed roadblocks for your career and life. I also founded More Than Engineering to bring together my love for engineering and technology with my passion for helping people improve and live more fulfilled lives, empowering them to make life and career transitions that they love. Let me tell you a little bit more about our guest for today, Dr. Tamara Bainham. Dr. Bainham is currently serving as the Director of Clinical Research at EBT Medical Incorporated based in Toronto. She has over 15 years of medical device industry experience in R&D, intellectual property development, and clinical research. Her clinical research experience encompasses phase one, or feasibility analysis, to phase four, or post-market studies in cardiovascular, metabolism, pharmaceuticals, and neuromodulation, which includes VNS for obesity, transcutaneous SNS for OAB, transcutaneous peripheral stimulation for obesity, and SCS for pain. Dr. Bainham founded Ingenuity Medical Device Research LLC in 2013, providing intellectual property development, preclinical and clinical study development, and medical writing services. She is also a patent agent registered to practice at the United States Patent and Trade Organization, or USPTO. Tamara currently holds over 40 patents granted by the USPTO in the areas of electrical stimulation and neuromodulation therapies. Dr. Bainham earned her undergraduate dual degree in biomedical and electrical engineering at Vanderbilt University and her MS and PhD degrees in biomedical engineering at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And now let me bring you into our main segment with a quote that is applicable to today's topic. This quote is by Kiki Palmer. I believe your reality is what you make it, what you choose to see and what you choose to allow yourself to do. There are possibilities all around you, magic all around you, no matter what situation you're in. Now it's time for the main segment of our episode, and I'm very pleased to welcome our guest, Tamara Bainham, a medical device consultant and an advocate for Black women in STEM. Tamara, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Now, Tamara, I introduced you earlier in the show, but before we jump into the main topic for today, can you please tell our listeners in your own words, what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis and why you are so passionate about women in STEM. I'm going to start about my passion and I'll talk about, you know, what I do day-to-day. So I am a first-generation college student. I came to um, biomedical engineering because I became excited about 
being able to take my engineering skills and kind of address issues in the human body. One of the things that I've been so passionate about is because I had to kind of figure this thing out on my own, going, you know, first generation college student, I get to college, I don't have anybody in my family that's a science major, engineer, anything like that. So I'm kind of charting a new path, even in my career, kind of just charting a new path and figuring things out as I go along. And I wanted to be able to provide assistance to folks so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They don't have to figure out everything on their own. So I wanted to kind of provide that resource for folks. I am a medical device consultant. I work with companies, mainly startup companies who have ideas focused on primarily device related issues. I work in electrical stimulation, so a lot of neuromodulation startup work and things of that nature. I'm currently working um, with EBT Medical as their director of clinical research. And we have developed a transcutaneous nerve stimulator for treatment of overactive bladder. So I've been working on the clinical uh, portions of that. So that's kind of what I do day to day, but I'm really passionate about making sure that people don't have to cobble along and figure out things on their own. Well, that's awesome. And I'm excited to really jump in here. And before we do, I do want to say that we do have both male and female listeners on the podcast. And, and for those women listening, I'm sure that the information that you're going to share as we talk about women in STEM will be tremendously helpful and relevant to you. But however, for those men listening like myself, I also believe that these strategies that Tamara is going to offer uh, number one, are going to be useful to you in your own careers. And number two, are going to help you think about how you can work well with and support other women in STEM. Tamara, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. Excellent. So Tamara, I believe that you have nine very specific tips that you can provide to our listeners with that can help them overcome challenges and uncertainties in their careers. So the first tip, I believe, that you have is to claim your seat at the table. And claiming your seat at the table in your profession as a woman really takes courage and boldness and intentional navigation. So Tamarin, how would you explain how women can do this effectively? The most important thing to do is to not internalize the thought that you should just be happy to be invited to sit at this table. You should just be happy that they gave you the opportunity to be there. You should understand that you earned your place at that table and be vocal about what you believe in while you're there. You know, stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. Recognizing that you have that place at the table and really owning your role there really is what it sounds like to me. And, and I love that. So Tamara, in most people's daily adventures, they go through the processes of opening themselves up to all kinds of new information, sometimes integrating it, and then other times relooking at new possibilities and maybe even starting all over again. So this is not always the easiest thing to do. So can you tell us how people can be more open to possibilities as new opportunities come their way? We set a path for ourselves and we become laser focused on that narrow pathway that we uh, see ourselves going down. And we've seen other people get to where we want to go and they've followed a certain way that a pathway that they've done it. So you set yourself up to kind of do that. But I think it's really important to stay open to taking a divergent path. It doesn't necessarily mean you might not get to where you wanted to go initially, but it may 
lead you somewhere totally different that you're pleasantly surprised that you got to. So, so stay open. You know, I, I think sometimes when people are setting themselves up on these paths, they um, become scared. They get laser focused, and they be, and they're laser focused because they're scared that they're going to fail. So I believe that there's no such thing as failure. What you have is an opportunity, a closed door that opens yourself up to looking at another path. It's important to not be scared of failure because you're going to learn something. There is no failure. You're learning. It's just another learning opportunity. So I think that's what keeps people in their little box. My uh, main message for this is to just know that you're going to be scared, but just move past it. Just move past it. There really is no such thing as failure because we're always going to learn and gain something from it, any experience that we have like that. So, Tamara, your third tip is to work on building a supportive network. So how can women out there do this and strengthen their support network? One thing that um, is really essential to do is to look to make connections with like-minded people. For instance, I've been able to connect with BWISE, which is the Black Women in Science and Engineering. Um, I've also been a volunteer at uh, the Healthcare Business Women's Association. So I've lived in several different places with different jobs that I had. But the Healthcare Business Women's Association, I've been able to, my first introduction to them was being a part of a mentoring program so that I can work on developing my career pathway. I was looking for career help. And then I moved to a different uh, location and became interested in uh, women in science. So I became a director of women in science in that geography. And then I moved to the mid-Atlantic region and became director of that. And through those volunteer opportunities, I was able to meet other women. I was able to meet other professionals in medical device field in the region and beyond the region. So another really good place is to look at your employee resource group. If you're in a large company, most companies have employee resource groups that are focused on either ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation, all different types of um, points of uh, distinction or uniqueness that an individual might have. And that's an awesome place for you to be able to not only meet people who look like you or experience life on a day-to-day basis like you, it also gives you an opportunity to meet people in other parts of the company that you probably would never interact with. And that opens up also a lot of professional doors outside of building a social network. That's fantastic. I love the ideas to look for those different places that you can both give to and get from different groups or organizations. And and you've certainly found a lot of value out of ways that you've been able to volunteer, but you've gotten so much more from that, it sounds like, from those experiences, even well beyond what you've been able to give to them. And, And that's just a lesson in life, I think, right? Absolutely. Now let's talk about your advice on goal setting and why that is so important, especially for women in engineering to do. And so it's really important to have the ability to articulate your goals, and that will help you to chart a course for yourself. One of the things that I like to do is a vision board. I think the ability to visualize yourself in the ideal state will really help to increase your chances of achieving goals that you set out for yourself. I want to kind of reiterate that even though you plan something, do not be afraid to pivot from that plan. Because as I said before, you know, if something doesn't work out as planned, 
maybe that's not the way you're supposed to go. And it's, it's not a failure to meet your plan. It's just a redirection. It's kind of gets back to, you know, being able to pivot and diverge from your original plan and be open to it. But do have kind of a vision for where you want to see yourself. One of the things that I had started doing probably about six years ago is expanding my vision for myself outside of my career, but also looking at how I wanted to live my life. You know, how did I want to do my work, but where did I want to do my work? How did I want to do my work? So I kind of set out for myself that I wanted to be able to have more say in how I did my work. So that's why I became a consultant and be able to have a mobility, location mobility. I'm glad that I did put together before COVID because it's made me be able to, <laughs> I'm kind of used to uh, the work from home atmosphere as well as, you know, kind of pivoting when needed. So one of the things that that I did do during COVID is I decided that I wanted to move back home to Tennessee. I haven't lived in Tennessee since I was in undergrad. And so because I had set myself up to be able to work anywhere, I was able to just pick myself up and move. That's a great example of just being intentional about where you want your career to be and but also being flexible with how that's going to develop along the way. So what a great example. Next thing I want to talk about is I think you're big on developing a global mindset. So can you define and tell us what is a global mindset really and why is this so important? Global exposure was really early in my career was really essential to me broadening my perspective. In the United States, especially, you know, people get really comfortable with putting people in groups, putting them in boxes and and thinking about how they might behave. Everybody in this group that I put you in behaves in a certain way. My ability to work outside of the country in Europe and Asia and see how different people of different cultures do things and how people live differently, it would help me to be able to look at myself and appreciate all the unique things about me. And that kind of freed me up to be able to just kind of bring who I was to the table. Understanding that everybody is not a certain way and everybody doesn't do things in the same way can help you to see, you know, when you see that globally, it kind of helps you bring that home and be able to kind of use that in your day-to-day work. So Tamara, I believe that the ability to take risks by stepping outside of your comfort zone is really one of the primary ways by which we grow in our lives. So often we're afraid to take that first step and get outside of our comfort zone. So how can someone strive to really embrace living outside of their comfort zone in a bigger way? One of the things that I encourage people to do is to understand that just because you decide you're going to do something different doesn't mean you're not ever going to get scared again. You're still going to have that fear. You're still going to have that doubt. The thing is to to become comfortable living with the fact that there's going to be uncertainty. And one of the things that I guess you could kind of get yourself started on doing things outside of your comfort zone is think about something that you're interested in, but you've been reluctant to try. And just do it without thinking. Don't calculate what could go wrong because you've already done that. You've been reluctant about it because you've been building up these uh, why nots or what could happen. And even if it doesn't go well, you did it. And once you start 
taking those steps outside of your comfort zone, you'll be more willing to do that. You still might not be comfortable, but you'll be more willing and allow you to have more and more experiences that you wouldn't otherwise have had. Along the same lines as this, probably many of our listeners identify with being mostly introverted and so don't feel comfortable like easily reaching out to other people. So do you have any advice on how they can be more open to asking for and receiving support from others around them? I'm a Southern girl by heart, so I'm going to start with this saying, as we say, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. You have to be able to express your desire for assistance. Support is not just going to rain down on you. You have to express that you need that. One of the ways that you can start making yourself comfortable is by kind of building relationships with people that work with you, kind of similar to what we talked about before in building support networks. It's those people in your support networks that are going to be those people that are going to be kind of the groundwork for building support for you. The more people that you are exposed to in your support network, they can introduce you to their to other people that might be able to support you in other ways. So basically, really, you have to start by kind of from the ground floor of relationship building. That's really the primary source of being able to get that support that you need when you need it. One thing that I um, like to tell people is don't be afraid also to contact strangers. When I was in that mentoring program that I mentioned from the Healthcare Business Women's Association and part of my kind of assignment was to go and um, seek advice from people about your career. So I was calling up VPs at the companies and presidents of the company and different uh, folks that I maybe wouldn't talk to me. I didn't get one no. People are really willing to talk to you. But I do say, be prepared when you go for the talk now. You know, have your questions ready. Don't waste people's time. But they're willing to give it to you. So don't be afraid, no matter what that person's title is. Don't be afraid to ask because people are really willing to help and they're really eager to pass along what they've uh, learned. Yeah. And also I find that sometimes we put these people in or on pedestals and that can make us feel like we're not almost not worthy to talk to them. But in the end, they're just people just like we are, and, and they love talking, and often they're some of the most uh, wonderful and, and kind and helpful people around, which is part of why they've been successful in their careers and gotten to those points, right? Absolutely. So, Tamara, let's say that someone is lucky, and, and they meet supportive people throughout their careers. So that's great. And these folks will help shine a light on you when you deserve it, for sure, but you won't have your cheering squad behind you in every situation that you encounter. So how can you make sure that your bosses and their bosses really know your value as you're moving through your career? And how can you maybe kind of toot your own horn? One of the most difficult things for people to do is to talk about their accomplishments. There are some cultures that self-promotion is frowned upon and it's even deemed important if you remain humble. Let me kind of give you some of the things that I've done. So you can't absolutely promote yourself without bragging. So it is important for you to understand the art of self-promotion. And one of the biggest myths in the workplace, and this is really common in people of color, is believing that if you work hard, put your head down, do all, get the work done, 
that you'll be rewarded in the end. Well, that is not the case. Anyone who has been in, uh, who's worked anytime in a corporation can tell you, it's not the people who work hard or do the best work that get promoted. It's the people who can advertise what they've done and articulate what they've done, who are the people who get promoted. So you really have to understand that you are the only person who is responsible for your career. So you can't expect somebody else to notice that you've done this and promote you. You have to be the one responsible for that. So you have to be responsible for telling your story. One of the best uh, books that I've ever read about helping you to figure out how to do that is called uh, Brag, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing It. It's by Peggy Kloss. So she actually really breaks down how you might do this and gives you tools to help you to develop ways that you can promote yourself in a way that's comfortable for you. I haven't heard of that book yet. So it's something I'll have to put on the list and something our listeners can go look up and enjoy as well. And we'll make sure to have a link to that in the show notes uh, for people who are interested as well. So Tamara, the last thing I want to make sure to tell our listeners about is about really being authentic. Now, from what I understand, being authentic means that you act in ways that really show your true self and how you feel. So how can women or anyone in engineering really work on bringing their authentic self to all of their endeavors? You are the best when you are being yourself. No one else has the unique set of strengths and characteristics that define you. And when you try to operate in ways that other people operate and emulate them, it just can be exhausting when you do that. So you have to embrace yourself fully. And only when you're able to do that, you'll be your best self. Some of the things that you consider with respect to bringing your authentic self to fore is know your values and never compromise them. So even if doing so leads to short-term gain, just know what you're willing to do, what your values are, and don't compromise. The other thing is have fun. I always have fun. Life is too short. You know, have a sense of humor and that helps kind of to build community with the people that you work with. People always say play to your strengths, but I also think you shouldn't hide what your flaws are because nobody is perfect and nobody expects you to be perfect. So when you spend all this time trying to hide what's wrong with you, you lose yourself. So bring your whole self. If you can't, if you don't understand how to do something, There are people that are around you that can do that. You don't have to do it, but don't try to act like you are a perfect person. And lastly, you know, know what you want. Career trajectories are impossible to predict. But if you know who you are and know what you want, you'll save a lot of time and energy. So just know yourself. You've provided some fabulous advice and insight that I'm sure many of our listeners can take a lot of value from. At this point, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from Tamara in our Take Action Today segment of the show. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. I've been talking with Tamara Bainham. In this segment of the show, she's going to share with us one final tip on how you can take ownership of your career. You are the only person responsible for your career. So you should be the one responsible for telling your story. I would suggest you 
to pick up Bragg, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing It by Peggy Kloss. She provides a worksheet with 12 tips on how you can get started with building your own story. Okay, excellent advice. And thank you so much for this piece of advice and all of the wonderful insights that you shared on this episode, Tamara. I'm sure there are some people who would love to connect with you and learn more about you and the work that you do. Where would you point them to for how to reach out and connect with you if they're interested? You can go to my website. It's TamaraBainumPhD.com. And would highly encourage people to do that. Thank you, Tamara. And we look forward to staying more connected and learning more from you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And don't forget to check out our upcoming live webinar for this month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for those engineers looking to get hired or make a career transition, I have created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and will help you engineer your own success.